Hello and welcome to the Landmark Theatre's Q&A podcast. Today we'll hear a conversation with writer-director Jonah Hill and actors Sonny Salchik, Nakel Smith, Olin Prenna, Gio Galicia, and writer McLaughlin, moderated by Scott Feinberg from The Hollywood Reporter. This conversation was recorded during the film's opening weekend at the Landmark in Los Angeles. Hello everybody, I'm Scott Feinberg with The Hollywood Reporter. Thank you for coming out tonight. We have a pretty cool group of people here with us. They're just arriving, I think, so we're good on time. Um, I think let's welcome them one by one. To begin with, can you please join me in welcoming Sonny Soljic? He plays Stevie. <laughs> Next up, Nikel Smith. He plays Ray. Olin Prenat, who plays Fuckshit. Gio Galicia, he plays Ruben. Ryder McLaughlin, he is fourth grade. And last but definitely not least, uh, give a big welcome for a guy making his directorial debut with this movie. It's taken a few years to finally bring it to fruition, so it's a big weekend for him. Mr. Jonah Hill. Thank you guys for joining us tonight on a big weekend. Um, I think we're going to try to tell the story of this movie in order, so I guess that means let's start with the writing. Jonah, uh, this is a movie that you wrote and directed. It goes, it's very personal for you. Can you explain um, sort of just how it's all come together? How many years? How many drafts? All, all of that. <laughs> um, well, first of all, thanks for coming. This is awesome. <laughs> It's like really cool that people that aren't obligated to be here are here <laughs> watching the movie. Um, it took me three years to write it in over in twenty drafts exactly, actually, and then um, then we started the like casting process and shooting and and uh, yeah. So well, three, let's four years total to, from conception to release and three years of writing. Absolutely, and obviously. Um, most of us first knew about you from your acting career. Um, probably going back to Superbad, I think, was the one that really put you on the map. That's 11 years ago. How long have you been thinking about directing as well? Is that something that has always been on the wish list, or did it come about because you said, you know what, I, this is a story that I've written, it's important to me, I want to be the one to tell it, or, you know, just directing? Uh, yeah, I wanted to be a writer and director my whole life and had this amazing acting career and got to learn from so many interesting filmmakers. And uh, I really hold the position of director in high regard, so I wanted to make sure I was uh, confident enough and emotionally mature enough to kind of tell a story and make a film in the style that really represented how 
like what I wanted to see in movies as opposed to just trying to bite someone else, you know? So in the course of those, those last 11 years that I just mentioned, two acting Oscar nominations, Moneyball and The Wolf of Wall Street. I think people have seen those. And a lot of great directors uh, that you've collaborated with from Scorsese to Bennett Miller to Gus Van Zandt and on and on and on. Is there, are there a couple of things that you, that you can point to that you, know, you learned and were able to apply um, from working with those guys? I think every day being a human being is a massive education. And the only thing I know is I know nothing. So uh, working with every filmmaker I got to work with, every crew member, every actor, I learned from everybody. And just sort of as I learned from friends, as I learned from life and my colleagues up here, I learned probably more from them. And it was a lot of their first films than I did from people who've been making films for like 30 years, you know? Um, just a lesson in the truth and being vulnerable and, and, you know, really putting yourself out there. I want to turn to the other gentleman up here. I think the only one of you who had been in a movie before this one was Sonny. Um, can you talk about just, I guess, first of all, you know, what your background was? You're all, all of you are actually, uh, you know, really talented skateboarders, I know. But except for me. Except for Jonah. <laughs> Sonny, what was, uh, you know, talk a little bit about your background in, in skateboarding and in acting. Well, uh, I started skating when I was three. Um, I, was, I was just skating now. I just came from the skate park. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> except I changed my shoes. Uh, that's not the point, though. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I've been skating for so long. And Jonah actually made a film that looked believable and actually showed what skating actually looks like. And the first Just, time you, you heard from him, you, I'm imagining you knew who he was? Oh, definitely. Yeah? Yeah, 100%. And how did he, how did he approach you? He, uh, Mike Alfred, the co-producer on the movie, he introduced me to Jonah and Lucas. And then yeah. we just started talking. And I was like so surprised and happy because Jonah lost so much weight. No, 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 that's not, like, but Jonah lost so much weight, and I was like, hey, it's tight, like, it was good, and, that, okay, that's not the, okay, I, w I was just trying to compliment the homie, I guess that, right, Well, that's, all right, so, uh, yeah, Nikkel, uh, you were not somebody who had acted before, was acting even something you wanted to do, did it ever occur to you before you also, I know, like, the rest of these guys heard from Mikey, who maybe you can also explain a little bit who how Mikey has some cred with the skaters. Um, no, no, I didn't really ever have dreams of being an actor or anything. But uh, I've always been open to opportunity, mm -hmm. and it, everything worked out. The stars were aligned, and it felt right. So I was like, all right. But uh, you know, Mikey is one of my good friends, and we grew up skating together. And he he, he like film skating, and I would skate. He was like kind of like fourth grade, right? But uh, <laughs> Yeah, we, I don't know, we started skating a bunch, and then we kind of got into that, and I turned pro, and he started a company and stuff, and then uh, he wanted to move on from the skating to film. So he was like, we would always talk about just everything. Yeah. One day he met Jonah, and then, you know, they like, they just met as friends, and he would tell me, like, bro, I met Johnny Hill. Like, it's crazy. Like, I, it's, I know it's weird that he right there, but. 
But um, yeah, so he he kind of was just keeping me up to date, just like how friends do. And yeah. then he was like, "Oh, Jonah wants to make a movie about skateboarding. Like, I think there's like a role in it for you. Like, you gotta, you just gotta like when the audition time comes, you yeah. just gotta try it." And the audition time came. I tried it. Yeah, no, it's great. He smashed it. He smashed it, yeah. Owen, can you talk about what that audition process was like for for you particularly? Yeah, Mikey introduced me to Jonah, and that's how I got into the door of the audition through Mikey. And then the first time uh, I went into an audition uh, for this movie, I ended up just having a conversation with Jonah, and uh, we talked, and I mentioned a story about how I used my girlfriend's ID to get into a club. (laughs) 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 And then, um, so I guess... (laughs) 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 And then after hearing him up here with these Q&As, I've found out that so he was supposed to audition me with lines but it ended up just getting sidetracked or something I don't know but um so um I was so excited about Owen and how charming and funny he was that I sent in the tape of him telling the story instead of like auditioning him (laughs) they're like you should audition him so we had to bring him back to audition but as you can tell he's and you could tell from watching in the film everybody here but like it was just so clear to me this is the kind of movie star I, I want to see in a movie. Right. So. Gio, what about you? When, when you went in for these audition, for the audition, what did it involve? Um, I think, uh, well, Mikey, like, brought me in. He texted me. He was like, yo, like, I'm going to work on this movie with, like, Jonah. You should, like, come and audition. And then I told him that same day of the audition, I was like, yo, like, I can't get it right. He was like, fuck that, I'm getting you an Uber, like, you're going. <laughs> so I went, and I walked in, and then Mikey was like, fuck, I've never seen you without your hat. And it was just like, <laughs> and then I auditioned, and it led me here. Jonah, I guess the hatlessness was not a problem, it sounds like. I'd say the biggest challenging of directing was to get Gio to shave his head. Yeah. He had hair, like, down... How long was it? It's like passing my shoulders. Past his shoulders. And uh, yeah, you know, it's like it, it, that is an interesting part of filmmaking when you're working with first time actors and, and younger people, too, is like Chio had been growing his hair his whole life. And I was like, oh, the character, you know, he, it, he has a shaved head, you know, and you are in this delicate spot of like you're talking to your actor of like, yo, this is what the character is. So you got to shave your head. But Gio's also a 13 year old kid who doesn't want to shave his head. And so to me, it was amazing having to exercise that kind of, uh, you know, empathy in your heart because you're just, as a director, you're like, what do you mean? Shave your head. But then I'm looking at this, this guy who I care about. I don't want him to like be sad (laughs) that he has to shave his head. And so it's this, uh, it's this amazing journey where everyone kind of is learning for the first time. It was my first time directing. It was his first time acting. And to watch him get to a place where he realized that it was for his character was really cool. Yeah. And, and writer for, you know, once you got going, whether, I don't know if it would have been in the audition or once the production got underway, but, you know, having not acted before, but working with a, another, working with somebody who also started young, 
did you get any advice that was really helpful about how to how to tackle this new kind of uh, endeavor for you to to get into a character and make it real? Uh, yeah, I think every uh, I mean every time I had a question or you know wanted to know what exactly my character was feeling or what my you know action should be. You know, Jonah was there to tell me, and the only pressure put on me was by myself to, like, try and do a really good job. Yeah. So it's a really comfortable place to explore a new, you know, art form I've never done. Yeah. Jonah, everybody's kind of heard that this is a very personal movie for you, but I think they're not necessarily clear about in what way. Like, are you... Were you one of these guys' characters, or are they all character? Are all these characters, you know, different pieces of what you were like as a, as a kid in the mid '90s, or just, you know, when you say it's personal, what do you mean by that? I mean it's personal in the sense that the feelings of growing up are personal to me. Um, it's not a biopic or <laughs> or like an autobiography, but I love and relate to every character in the movie and. What I, what is personal is also I grew up skateboarding right around here. I mean, the shop that this shop, the motor shop, is based on, is called Hot Rod, and it's on Westwood and Olympic, like right here. So I literally was right here, like where where we are right now, like a block away. So um, recreating West LA in the '90s, and also just feeling the loneliness of being a young person and finding a group of people that made me feel like I was a part of something. Uh, is very personal. And then looking back on it and seeing all of the amazing parts of that and the parts that got me into a lot of trouble, some things I had to unlearn. And But ultimately that my friends were really, really there for me. And that was something that I wanted to put on screen. Yeah. I've talked to Jonah about, I've asked him what year this movie is set in and he I know you don't want to reveal the specific year, but just assuming mid-90s, 1995, somewhere around there, I want to ask the audience a quick question, and then we'll, for a reason, we'll come back to these guys. If you have clear memories of 1995, can you please raise your hand? If you do not, can you please raise your hand? <laughs> you were born in the that. shorty so. sweatshirt back there. <laughs> so, Jonah, what do you make of that in terms of that's maybe a idea of what the audience is going to be for this movie. For some people, it's a period piece for, you know, uh, just what do you make of that and what do you hope they, you know, what do you, what do you, uh, <laughs> what do you, and also for you to go back and look back at the 90s in, in writing this and bringing it back to life, um, there are some things that are a little jarring to realize we were like 20-whatever years ago, right? Yeah, I mean, the only reason I said it in the 90s was because... My friends and I didn't have cell phones, so uh, when we would be waiting for the bus or hanging out at a skate spot, we would end up having these conversations that were, I would say, more intimate or connected because now when I find myself in those same situations, if things get too personal, I kind of just grab my phone and go on the internet or something. And I, So the lack of technology, I think, breeded a special kind of connection. Um, and when we shot, we all didn't have our cell phones, and that was same thing. It bred, like, I think a lot of us getting a lot closer because we were just, like, hanging out in a parking lot and all talking to each other. Um, 
And as far as definitely the language, definitely the way the characters speak about each other, about women, the way they talk about women, treat women, homophobia, I mean, those kinds of things, it's jarring for me to watch it. Um, and I wrote it. So to me, it's more respectful not to change history than to show it for as brutal as it was. And I don't want to be a moralist filmmaker. My job is the filmmakers to present the palette and let the audience judge how they feel about it. I have my own personal feelings about it. But when I'm in the audience, I don't like the filmmakers shoving their morals down my throat, you know? And it's ugly, but it's how it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one last thing that I'm going to ask of these guys, and then we're going to go to you for a couple of questions. If I want to know if there's one scene that you look back at as a favorite that you were involved with. Um, Sonny, I think we can maybe guess, but take it, take it away. <laughs> Yeah. That's my favorite scene. (laughs) Nikhil? I think uh, the day of filming when me and Olin were supposed to, like, be mad at each other, that's probably one of my favorite days because, like, we had to really be, like, like, fucked up to each other the whole time and we we it was so many takes to where like at the end of the day I had to go up to Ola like bro you know like we good like you the homie like it's all good and that was probably the funniest thing because it was we were just acting but we were just so into it that I felt like it was real <laughs> and on top of that, it was like a split day, which is where you film uh, into the nighttime. So it was like moods started to get crazy and, you know. Split but drunk. Split drunk. We all got split drunk. <laughs> it's because when you go from like 3 p.m. till 3 a.m. or 4 p.m. till 4 a.m. So everyone gets loopy. <laughs> nice. Crazy. Ellen, is, is that the same for you, or you have a different one, maybe? That was, no, that was a fun, that was a super fun day. Yeah. Uh, but watching the film, one of my uh, favorite scenes to watch is um, <laughs> is when Ruben uh, smokes the cigarette with uh, Stevie inside the skate shop. That seems hilarious to me. And um, especially, like, towards the last couple of shots of it, just seeing, like, this Hispanic kid with a shaved head just, like, just everything's so real about it. And that was like super cool for me to watch. Nice. Gio? Um, my favorite scene is that one. And then to top that one is the fight with me and Sonny. That was like my favorite one of him. It was so fun. <laughs> Tell him what Just happened. like fighting me or what was it? <laughs> what was the fun part about it? I know. <laughs> nah. Like you like getting beat up, bro? <laughs> yeah. All right, bro. I, I put it. I put you on blast. My bad. <laughs> Ryder. Uh, probably a strong baby couch scene. <laughs> it's a lot of fun to uh, film. Right. Had to keep a straight face, huh? Oh, it was super hard. <laughs> it was like two in the morning, and right. that was the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Jonah. I'm just shouting out. 
Uh, that was definitely a really funny one because we just had extra time. So I wanted to see when you fall in love with the characters and the actors playing the characters, you're like, oh, I wonder what it's like if fourth grade was like trying to flirt with with someone, you know? <laughs> so we just had extra time at two in the morning and we just set up two cameras and let them, you know, let that happen. And then I was like, oh, I wonder what his movie would be. And then I started talking about Strong Baby and his little <laughs> cape and Ryder was like... <laughs> The, the dailies are really great to watch because Ryder and I are just having a lot of fun. And um, Alana, or Liana, Liana, um, who is the actress in that scene, is amazing, too. She's just so being nice to him about his idea. <laughs> That's a sick idea. I was yeah. waiting for her to just be like, just shit on me. Because, like, the whole movie, it's like, no, it's a stupid idea. Like, you're stupid. And she was, like, nice. And I was like, oh, I guess I just got to keep going. Like, yeah. Yeah, and she was perfect, like, just being kind to you. Um, but I, I don't know. I loved all the scenes. Like, I, I loved just the scenes where we were all together, where, like, everybody was together. Because, to me, the whole reason to do this, to spend four years of your life, is to just like in the movie, to feel a part of something. And I love all these people up here, and it was an honor to spend a summer like with them every day. Nice. All right, so we, we are going to go. We love you too, Jonah. Oh. It was definitely <laughs> an honor. You. Thank you so much. <laughs> We're going to go to the audience for a couple of questions, which means uh, with a question mark at, at the end fairly soon. No pitches, no date requests. Etc. I mean, actually, I should leave that up to you guys. But uh, let's start here, please. Hi. Um, I just want to say, Jonah, that was one of the strongest debuts that I've seen. Um, so congrats on that. Um, I just wanted to know that the relationship between the guys was very personal and it was a big part of the movie. How did you go about getting that uh, and yourself together to portray that on the screen? You know what I mean? Um, the question is about how did everyone, how did the characters and these actors find a closeness that would read on screen so genuinely? Well, our friend Mikey Alford, who is big in the skate scene out here, he owns a company called Illegal Civ. You guys should all buy products and <laughs> support. These, a lot of these people skate on that team. Um, but uh, some of you, you guys knew each other before, right? Yeah. Um, I knew Olin and Ryder, like, me and Olin grew up skating together, and then I met um, Ryder through Mikey, and Mikey's like my best friend, so it's like, all right, for sure. You the homie, that's the homie? All right, for sure. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, I seen Sonny and Gio at, at the skate park and stuff already, just skating around. Uh, and, yeah, we all, like, got on set, and I guess we all kind of already had, like, a little bit of chemistry and stuff, so... On set, we just had more and more time to just be around each other all day and night, and our bond got even closer than before the film. Nice. So. Yeah, and, and really just what I've found from, like, having acted for so long that it's not the literal reading of the lines that, that gets the scenes good or people closer. It's just hours logged. So, like, we would just spend time together, and I knew from my own experiences that that is what builds genuine closeness, you know? Yeah. 
Let's give somebody in the back a chance. I saw over here uh, with the we white. You have to call on her because she's been like on the edge of I her seat. It. After, you're next. Okay. Uh, start in the white shirt and then, yep. And then we'll come back. To... Is there a sequence like at Benny's I don't quite understand. Can you say that again? Do you have any plans to do a sequence, like a number two? Or a oh, sequel. <laughs> I don't have any plans to do a sequel, um, but, you know, I don't know. I just, have you guys ever seen This Is England? There's a show that they did after called This Is England where it like, kind of followed all the same characters. I don't know. I have no plans for anything in life, but uh, it would be my honor to work with any of these people ever again. Nice. We're going to close it with the person that Jonah was talking about. I didn't see, uh, but yeah. She was like super hyped. So. All right, you're up. Hi, um, my name's Fiona Rose, and I'm studying acting right now at Keller. Cool. Um, and I'm nominated to filmmaking and directing and screenwriting as well. Um, but being there sometimes, I feel stuck. You know, I'm very hungry to start, and I know you went to the new school. So I was wondering if you could speak on the importance or unimportance you feel about getting an education in this field. That's a good question. This uh, Fiona's in film school or acting school, yeah. and you want to be in film school also? Um, I, I want, I'm going for acting, but I want to try it filmmaking. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I started as a writer and director, and then like, accidentally out of insecurity and being told I was good at acting felt went after that for like 15 years. <laughs> it was like the first time someone was like, hey, you're good at this. So I just did that for till the wheels fell off. Um, <laughs> but I love writing the most. I think writing is the most self-sufficient. You don't need anybody else to do it. And it's you versus a blank page. So like at the end of the day, you're like, wow, I really like there was nothing and now there's something, you know? And look, like I'm a, I'm as fortunate as it gets. I'm a straight white man, right? Meaning, like my privilege is up here. So even for me, I'm like, man, these parts kind of suck a lot of the time. So imagining for people who aren't given the opportunity to have amazing parts, I love seeing people that are writing their own shit, and I think it's going to be far more interesting to see what people write for themselves than what a bunch of old people try and write for people that aren't getting the same opportunity. So I think writing your own shit is ensuring that you get to say what you want to say with your work. And I hope to be first in line to see what you do. All right, guys. Thank you. Mid-90s. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Landmark Theatre's Q&A podcast. If you want to hear more conversations with filmmakers about the latest independent, foreign, and documentary films opening at Landmark Theatres, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or visit our podcast website at landmarktheaters.podbean.com. You can also check out our YouTube channel for videos of Q&As and other exclusive content. See you next time.